Hey everybody, this is the first episode of The Sci-Fi Wise Guys. My name is Chris, or Christopher, whichever you prefer, I won't answer to either. And this is my co-host. Hi everyone, this is Anthony, the co-host. <laughs> nailed it. If I could nailed it. Okay, so essentially, to give you a brief high-level overview of what this podcast is going to be, is we are going to watch sci-fi movies, good, bad, ugly, and shit, and we are just going to talk about them. So it's another generic movie podcast. Who knew? As generic as we can possibly make it. <laughs> what movie did we watch, Anthony? Uh, I'm not sure how to pronounce the name. Mm. It's Is it 3022? Or three thousand twenty-two. I don't or think 30, it's thirty twenty-two. I don't think it's thirty twenty-two. I thought it was when I first started watching it because I assumed it was a year. Mm-hmm. Spoiler alert for anyone who has not watched this movie: it's not. Well, I think he says in it. He does say he day does. thirty twenty-two. I think he yes. says that out yes. loud. So, and I guess this would be a good. Speaking of spoilers, this is we're not we're not avoiding anything for anything. Yeah, I mean, if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't seen the movie. Obvi. (laughs) Don't watch it now. So I guess we should just start off with our opinion because that's what we you 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 decided. So what did you think of this movie, man? I thought that just initially, man, this is bad. (laughs) And as it went on, I it kept trying to do things, and my reaction to ninety percent of those things is, man, this is this is bad, inconsistent. Full of weird plot devices, characters that are incredibly unlikable. Even my main man there. And overall, and this will you won't know this because this is our first episode. But I usually don't care about the science part behind science fiction. I'm like, if it's fun and it's internally consistent, then I'm I'm cool with it. But man, is there just a ton of bad science in this movie? <laughs> so bad. I, I don't think I can give any more any more going into more detail without going down several rabbit holes. What did right. you think, Chris? man i have i have like a real mixed opinion about this movie like i liked parts if that makes any sense at all like overall as a whole i don't think the movie was very good and i'm not out here trying to shit on someone else's art but that's my job (laughs) there were definitely a lot of positives in this movie that had nothing to do with the overall story and i'll get to that eventually but i think this movie tries to do a lot of things and spectacularly fails at a lot of them I mean, I'll never watch it again. <laughs> I thought it was okay. Like, you know what I mean? Like, eh. Yeah. Like, that eh. happened. Cool. <laughs> like, that was what it was one hour and 31 minutes. Thanks. So, <laughs> this movie, 3022, 3022, 3022, whatever we're going to call it. Do you want to just read the blurb? Yes. Allow me to read the one sentence description. A group of astronauts living in the haunting emptiness of deep space awake to find Earth has suffered an extinction-level event. Ooh. Spoiler alert, that's not accurate at all. <laughs> uh, it's, it's, it's a little accurate. And, and that, it actually yeah. points to, I think, the biggest, I don't know, problem, issue, what have you, with this movie. The thing that makes me want to forgive it a little bit, it feels like a movie that was written and rewritten by different people over a long period of time, or a couple of different scripts that were thrown together into a hodgepodge movie that doesn't really know what it is. Okay. There's Anthony getting deep, part one. (laughs) Well, let's see. So this movie was directed by a gentleman named John Suits, who does not appear 
to have any sort of link on IMDb. So I have no idea who John Suits is. I've never heard of him. He made Cheap Thrills, Breathing Room, Pandemic, and Extracted. Okay, when I say he made them, he was the producer on yeah, a lot producer. of these. For, but he, di- for but he directed this one. Mm-hmm. He directed Pandemic. Oh, okay. Here we go. I scroll down a little bit. Yeah. Okay. He also directed the NBA Chinese New Year so special video short, which is definitely a highlight in this list. <laughs> so, so full of things that I've never seen. Yeah, I guess this guy makes B movies, but they're not like B movies. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. They're like uh, B plus. <laughs> uh, a minus. A minus. <laughs> it's written by Ryan Bianco or by Bonaco. Binaco? I don't I, I can't pronounce it, but uh, it doesn't appear to have any other writing credits, but I mean, I'm just looking at Wikipedia. I have no it idea. It also so looks you like might... he also wrote Pandemic, so it's not his first time working with Mr. Suits. Yeah. Maybe that's their thing. Yeah. I mean, you might be right. This movie may have been passed around. Possibly. He bought a, a couple times. or not. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it definitely feels like a plot that deserves more than six, seven characters. Especially with well, we can we can we can work our way through the plot here in a moment, but just quick, especially just with some of the relationships that they uh, they try to push on you between the uh, the different characters. Yeah, well, I guess we should just go ahead and start off from the beginning. Yeah, it was released IRL in 2019, November 22nd, 2019. So they at least waited till after my birthday to show this shit. Essentially, in the future, in the year 2190. For whatever reason, we've decided as a species that we are going to go off planet. And the very first place that we've decided to start a colony is Europa, which is a moon of Jupiter. Let's talk about the science thing I mentioned earlier. Yeah, I don't know anything about astronomy. I was about to say astrology, but astronomy. I I don't know anything about Jupiter's moons, but I do know that Jupiter is really, really far away from Earth. Oh, in the the grand scheme of things, it's like right there, but you're you're not wrong. It is a little far away, especially with, you know, Mars right there. Like right, it's like right there. Well, do you think they didn't do Mars because of the Martian? Like the movie The Martian? Like they were just trying to stay away from it? No, I think this is actually an attempt at decent science. We don't need a space station well, we don't we don't need a space station in between us and Europa. We don't need a space station in between us and a colony on Mars. We would just go straight there, right? That wouldn't make much sense. Sure. They wanted goals for the characters to get somewhere else for them to go besides Earth, and so they pick something further out, and Europa is a decent choice. But it just shows that the whole premise of the movie is already starting to break down. I do know that Europa is one of the places where Na- well, NASA and the science community believes there is water underneath yes. the surface. Yes. So It is the subject of a lot of science fiction. Okay. Most of it better than this. So, fair enough. Anyways, we get a nice little montage of what's going to be our crew of the space station. So, apparently, Pangea is a space station that is going to be halfway between Earth and Europa. What they do is they man it for... 10 years so they arrive well before they arrive we get a nice little montage of them with their families and then they arrive on the space station we get another montage there's lots of montages in this movie it's the initial camaraderie and then over time they eventually start separating they get become more isolated i mean you're in space i've never been in space but i can only imagine if i lived in space in a place probably slightly bigger than my home with four other people i'd probably get go crazy yeah did you recognize anyone from this besides our boy Omar Epps? Yeah, it had R. Carly in it. 
Yeah. <laughs> was it Miranda Cosgrove? Yes. I will admit that I recognized her and was like, hmm, she looks familiar. And I Googled it. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, I only know who she was because my wife was like, oh, that's iCarly. And I was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> and then we have another lady, Kate Walsh, who I don't recognize her from anything. She's been mostly television. She's been a lot of stuff. Yeah. And then my boy Angus McFadden, the most Scottish name I think I've ever read. Solidly Scottish, yeah. He was Robert the Bruce. I don't know if you remember the movie Braveheart, but he's the king, Robert the Bruce in it. I might have heard of that. <laughs> so yeah, that we get our little crew, and then as it turns out that... Well, you did mention you mentioned our boy. We haven't named Omar Epps yet. I said Omar Epps out did loud, say didn't that? I? I, d- I didn't hear it, oh, but I'm not listening. I might say it. Yeah. Omar Epps, formerly the coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers. You may not get that joke. You should Google Mike Tomlin real quick while we're sitting here. T-O-M-L-I-N. Anyways, Omar Epps uh, is Captain John Lane. He's the captain of our space station. And he appear, appears, not a pair, you can't appear. John appears to have a romantic relationship with Kate Walsh, who is Jackie in this movie. Bad idea. Sleeping very, with co-workers. It's very yeah. uh, professional. <laughs> not only this is guy's not a good captain. Oh, he's a horrible captain. <laughs> Not only is it unprofessional, but like it's implied later in the movie that they met like during training when they were becoming astronauts and have been dating since then. Fair enough. That was my first clue, my first clue, or maybe I'm making up a conspiracy, that the whether or not this script passed around, but the first version of the script, I think, dealt with a family in space. If you look mm. at the characters, you have the captain and his girlfriend, wife, what have you. I don't think they ever establish 100% there. You have the young crew member who everyone's a little protective of so that's your kid and then you have mr mcfadden kind of playing the father role and keeping everyone in line and giving advice and whatnot it's like they started with swiss family robinson in space and then we ended up here we're lost in space is that what you're in space maybe yeah (laughs) maybe maybe you might be right i'm not right but i'm i might not be wrong fair enough richard who's the doctor who is angus mcfadden up he does psych evaluations which is I'm sure normal in any sort of military or civilian operation in which you have a captain, you must have a doctor involved. I'll accept that premise. (laughs) Look, man, I've seen every episode of Star Trek Next Generation. I know what I'm talking about. There's a doctor or two there, yes. (laughs) So we're at five years, and then all of a sudden we get something that says year unknown, and the space station appears to be very damaged. Everything's in ruins. Omar Epps is all of a sudden very old. This is our first flash forward, which is one of many. And then it flashes back very quickly. All of a sudden he wakes up and like grabs Jackie's hair. <laughs> like he's not moving. He just sits up all of a sudden and begins to assault her. <laughs> mm-hmm. Is this what it's determined that he's having night tears? Is this what night tears actually are? I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah. I have heard of other stories of people becoming violent in their sleep. It's something I've at least heard of before. Fair enough. Whether or not this is a good representation of that, I want to say no because of everything else that's a poor representation, uh, but maybe. Mm. During this time, Richard, the doctor, is interviewing John, the captain. I'm going to start calling him Captain John. And then he recommends that they cancel the mission because everyone's on the ragged edge. They appear to be suffering from some mental instability. And then the event happens. And you can't see me do it, but I'm holding up quotation marks when I say the word event because there's some sort of impact on the station. Richard freaks out. He's just staring at a white flash. 
the scene ends and then John wakes up finding Jackie alone in a dining area and then like Lisa's injured and uh, Richard's not doing anything. This is the extinction level event that happens in the blurb. What did you think about this? It was very unclear what was happening. This movie is very unclear about a lot of things. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. But he sees a <laughs> yeah. white flash in the distance because like, he's peeking out, I guess, a, a window, which is, sounds like a very smart thing to have in your space station. Peeking yeah. out a small window and sees a white flash in the distance. And it took me another 20, 30 minutes of the movie to figure out, oh, he saw Earth. It might not have been that long, but he saw Earth explode or whatever it was. The fact that he knew what direction Earth was when everything in space is rotating and moving is pretty impressive for a doctor slash astronaut. That was pretty, that's pretty good. Not to mention the science behind they're close enough to the Earth to see it explode, but they're supposed to be on our way to Jupiter. Well, no, they're not going anywhere. No, they're, they're on our way. Sorry, they're our pit stop on our way to Jupiter. Yeah. yeah. They, shouldn't, they shouldn't have been able to, but okay. Also, where is the sun? Did you notice at any point the sun was the nowhere sun was... to be found? No, I, no, I did not actually. <laughs> mm. That's that's Thank why you when for you were pointing said out that... that additional piece of information that really brings it all together. When you were saying that the window isn't very safe, like yeah, because you could just you know be walking by, you're on your way to medical, you know, oh, I got to check in with the one of the four rooms on the space station, yeah. And then you look out the window for a second, and your corneas have been burned out because you <laughs> stared at the sun like an idiot. Never address it. Yeah, no, I, I did not. Uh, I did not notice the sun was missing from every shot of space, <laughs> which really just makes me disappointed in myself. <laughs> not as much as I'm disappointed in this movie, mind you. But so apparently, Lisa is injured. Nasty head injury. Yes, and then a bunch of shits broken on the station. Jackie's the engineer. We find out that Jackie's the engineer at this point. They try to find Richard. He's looking at. Of like a what appears to be a picture of Earth, like on some sort of screen, it's damaged. Was was it immediately clear to you that that was a picture of Earth? I mean, I I assumed. Yeah, you make the auto, assumption. Like I I assumed immediately that was Earth, only based on their reaction. Because had it been like Mars or like some other planet, mm-hmm. they I mean they'd be freaking out, but I mean they wouldn't be in right the right. state that they're in. I guess we get another f- jump in time. John is very old and he's scanning stuff. And then all of a sudden it says, you know, unknown object and it's a comet. And then he gets mad and starts smacking his hammer on the ground. And then we flash back to present time? Year five? I don't know. (laughs) Now they haven't contacted Earth for 62 hours. Or they haven't contacted anybody in 62 hours, not just Earth. Mm -hmm. So So an interesting number of hours. Well, I mean... It's a couple of days, right? Or almost three. It's just... Well, I mean, I also assume that transmissions from them to planet earth take some time to arrive you would think yes you know speaking of that movie that we were just talking about the martian it's a 12 hour delay something along those lines yeah so they're further out there's going to be a delay not to mention that they're a a space station keeping stationary and earth you know moves right yeah half of the i guess a year wouldn't the earth be behind the sun i mean i guess it would be in some sort of orbit I don't know. I'm probably thinking about that too much. I'm going to pull up some space stuff. So, no, I will continue with ad blocker. Thank you. Okay. So, between Earth and Jupiter, the closest point is 365 million miles. Okay. Jupiter also takes 11.86 years to complete one orbit of the sun. Earth only takes one year. 
because it's we de- we determine how long years are. We do. We measure the universe, <laughs> not the other way around. Yeah, right. So <laughs> Mars is 103.55 million miles. So two-fifths of the way between the two. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I, I don't know how long it takes, <laughs> but uh, the halfway point is farther away from where the Martian takes place. So who knows? How long it actually But they also take. have a scanner on board that can get them a scan of Earth detailed enough to tell that it's been chunked in a couple of pieces. Sure. So, I mean, communication that's faster than the speed of light is completely... <laughs> yeah, well... <laughs> it's also a very common sci-fi, just, yeah, we can talk over long distances. It's fine. Whatever well, we also don't know how long this John was on, because he goes unconscious and then wakes up later to find the station in the state that it's in so we don't know how long he was unconscious we don't know how long it took the like the telemetry to return mm. again plot okay. hole okay <laughs> yeah you can't have we're not i don't know i'm not i'm still not convinced there's holes <laughs> because i think you you gotta have a plot first so let's just keep there. walking through it <laughs> So yes, so we've we've had a, we've had two flash forwards to some unknown future with with Omar with some gray hair. Now we're flashed back. Lisa has been been injured. She's unconscious in in the medical bay, and the the doctor doesn't want to operate. He's in shock of some sort. Can we take a moment before we move on with the plot to talk about how they're smoking cigarettes in space? Yeah, the, the they have don't <laughs> don't you have like a limited amount of oxygen? I'm sorry. They do talk about how they have two things that scrub the oxygen so they can essentially have an unlimited supply. But I feel like sure. burning parts of that supply, even just minorly with a cigarette, especially as much as they smoke in that movie, seems unsafe. Also, like, isn't NASA super anti-fire in space? <laughs> well, yeah. Fire in space is, especially you have higher levels of oxygen, which is yeah. you know the fire fuel. Yeah. But they smoke quite a bit. <laughs> like I'm I, at this point, I'm I'm not used to seeing smoking in movies in general. It's been coming yeah, less and like less a... and less, especially not in science fiction. Unless it's like a period piece. Yeah, yeah, right. Well, I guess this is a period piece. <laughs> it's just a future period. <laughs> so John asks Richard. He said, "Did did you see what happened to Earth?" And he says. Uh, he just can't explain anything. But then we get a shot of what appears to be a planetoid broken up. And we get our first shot of the sun. Mm. Great. <laughs> and then uh, Lisa, iCarly, wakes up. And Richard's like, hey, you know, you got some pressure on your brain. I'm going to perform a surgery so I can relieve the pressure. And then she dies. <laughs> she seizes. So dies he sees like blood on her like coming out of her nose and then all of a sudden it's coming out of her ears and then all of a sudden she's dead you skipped where they deliberate over whether or not to tell her what's happened to oh, the I earth did. prior to doing just doing the life-saving surgery yeah and i think it kind of highlights not only the character's inability to have any sort of action and to make decisions but also the filmmaker's inability to kind of have any sort of action or forward momentum Fits the theme. It, We're gonna sit around. It's a and do moral. Nothing. It's a moral dilemma, right? Mm, like, not really. He is supposedly, unless the the Hippocratic Oath just doesn't exist. I suppose. In how many ever years from now, <laughs> he's supposed to just save her life, regardless. That's like his thing. Well, we'll get to the point where we'll we'll talk about Richard's mental stability here in a few minutes. But I mean, I was talking about the moral gray area of telling the injured person who you are about to perform a life 
possibly ending surgery of whether or not Earth is still around. That's mm. that's the moral dilemma I was speaking of. Maybe I'm just taking a side in that dilemma so hard that I don't see it as an argument. Mm. Because it doesn't matter if she doesn't live. Well, I think what they're trying to determine is like, or what they're trying to decide is if they tell her what's happened to planet Earth, she might start freaking the fuck out. Fair enough. Which could cause complications because they can't get her into surgery because she's freaking out. It doesn't matter anyways because she dies on the table. All of it was for naught. Yeah, it was a completely pointless scene. She should have just died in the accident. Oh, it gave her another few lines. <laughs> she had to meet her rate <laughs> for the for the sag. Yes. We flash forward again. We got old John again. Now he's in a spacesuit, or he's got a spacesuit, and he's kind of like touching it, and he's just still scanning, scanning away, doing some calibrations, I guess. And then he's walking around with a wrench, and I think for the lack of a better term, like he's getting haunted by voices and shadows. Which they've already established at this point will probably start happening. Yeah. We flash back to the present, <laughs> or the 2190 or whatever. They're in a meeting. Jackie is in full denial. Like, we got to go back. John's like, can our escape pod reach Europa? Richards, he's in full-blown nihilism right now. He's embraced the fact that nothing matters. Jackie just kind of, like, if nothing gets resolved in this meeting, which... It's the theme. <sighs> But once again, yeah, our next scene really, really puts the nail in the coffin on the fact that John is a terrible captain. They just had a meeting where one of the three crew members is pleading, imploring, and desperately trying to get back to Earth to get to their their child, their daughter. And he puts in no safeguards, no regulations, anything to prevent someone from using the escape pod. And guess what happens in the very next scene? Guess. <laughs> Does someone maybe try to use the escape pod? Yeah, what a surprise. Oh. <laughs> well, I mean, how could anyone do anything in that movie without the captain telling them to do it? Well, I don't see how I don't see how he would have thought to put safeguards in place. Once again, just more in action. I guess the movie's trying to play up the drama between the characters. At this point, it would have been better if he if the captain had died and it was everyone else trying to figure out what to do. Because then you could say, oh, yeah, there's no leadership. We're trying everyone's there's so much infighting and blah, blah, blah. But instead, they, they killed off the most junior member of the crew. And then the captain just kind of rolled with it. I mean, but what's his captaincy worth? Mm. Ca- captain's only valid if there's someone above the captain. Is that what you mean? Right. Not necessarily that he's powerless, but, you know, I wasn't in the military. We can talk about the fact that you were in the military if you want. Meh. But you had a command structure. Yeah. It's drilled into your head that there is a chain of command. Now, we don't know if this is a military operation. I'm assuming it's not because he is he's the only one that has any sort of rank. At no point does he ever like say anything like less rank and more title. Yeah, he doesn't say anything like I'm the captain lieutenant. Yeah, <laughs> yeah to the engineer that he's clearly sleeping with. Yeah. yeah. But again, what is that captaincy worth when you no longer have a planet? Exactly. Well, his captaincy wasn't worth much to begin with. <laughs> but again, if he was the captain and he is in charge of the mission, like he's in command, how hard would it have been to like, after the beating is over, he just kind of like waits for everyone to leave. And then he goes up to the computer and types in like a lockout code. So no one can operate anything without his express permission or authority. Again, not a very good captain. Well, I mean, <laughs> just, okay. What? No, I 100% agree, and anything more I have to say about it would be just us lamenting the same thing over and over again. We go to the airlock, where Jackie is trying to escape, 
We get a nice little cut to see that there's a crack in the escape pod glass, mm. which I think we get like a small mention a few minutes earlier. Small view. I don't think the crew knows that that crack is there. Right. On right. a sophisticated space station, there are no warning lights, signs, sirens, messages of any kind when a part of the ship is depressurized. Also, they show air seeping out of it. It's not immediately clear that that crack or that hole is in a, an escape pod, but they show that, and then we get our 62-hour jump, and then we have how much mm. ever time this is. There was a lot of air in that escape pod. Right. A lot. He confronts her, and then while he's standing in the airlock with her, she just opens it. <laughs> Which, again, she doesn't know that there's a crack in the escape pod glass, but when she opens it, all that pressure rushes in, shatters the glass, it disconnects from the station. She gets flown out, like she barely manages to tie her safety line in time. He pulls her in. When I talked about earlier about how there's parts of this movie that I like, this is a part that I really like. I enjoyed probably the scene and the filmmaking because this is obviously a low budget film. It had less than 10 actors, probably a single set, maybe. But they managed to do something fairly dramatic with very little special effects. I mean, the most unbelievable part of it is her like hanging out in space. But there's no sound, because there wouldn't be any sound in the vacuum of space. Wait, what? No sound in space? I'm guessing. TIE fighters don't make the, that noise. They don't go, when they're flying through the space. I thought you'd seen every episode of TNG, and I'm fairly certain they established their sound in space. But we can look that up later. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, it was a decent little action scene, especially since nothing had really been happening for most of the movie even the the big the earth exploding and yada 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 there there wasn't a lot of action just it was a lot of people standing around asking what was going on yeah so this was a first bit of action it took too long to get there the premise that led to the action was weak but it itself i would agree was was well shot and it was pretty good the momentary thrill and then it you know then the movie kept going <laughs> it should have ended right there well, i could have just got sucked into space and then you just have <laughs> Just have the doctor. Just have good old yeah, Angus. Robert the Bruce. Just, <laughs> just hanging out in space. <laughs> just the ultimate nihilist is now alone. Oh, man, that's perfect. Yeah. Nothing matters. We get a bump. Three months pass. Mm -hmm. Oh, by the way, we should mention that John manages to rescue Jackie. Unfortunately. And then, yeah. So life support apparently is failing now. We get an interesting shot of, like, the... The station's computer, like, has all four of their life signs. And Lisa being dead. Very sad. R.I.P. And then he rolls up on the doctor, kind of just talking to himself. As one does. Now, I talk to myself all the time. Mm. And I'm not crazy. I just, you know, sometimes you have to establish your sentience. Sentience? Uh, you have to establish your sentience by uh, knowing that you can communicate. But this dude is having a mental breakdown. Sean's like, well, I got to go find Jackie because it's been three months and the ship's breaking down or whatever. She is all up on the drugs. Yes. You know? Yes. Tell me about this scene. I really wish you hadn't asked. <laughs> <laughs> so if I recall, she's in their shared bunk room quarters and she has been shooting up. There are the remnants of however long she's been doing it laying around. She is still smoking a cigarette, so she's burning through. They had unlimited auction before. Now they don't. She's still smoking. No one gives a shit. No one cares. What is she taking? And how do they have so much of it? I mean... Like, what is making... Is it just morphine? I'm assuming it's some sort of painkiller. Yeah, I mean, that would be the only thing that would make sense. But she's fiending like a... 
Yeah. She'd be able to get it because Richard doesn't give a shit. Right. Like, so he's just like, yeah, raid the medical supplies. Man, Man, that's a lot of morphine. <laughs> they had it is three months so maybe she's like pushing i mean just to have medical. on the ship like I'm, i don't know i've never injected I've no, anything into my veins so no, i don't know yeah um, no i mean just just <laughs> i feel the snake bite in my veins the ca- sorry the captain oh my goodness <laughs> captain epps doesn't even acknowledge that she is high and clearly addicted to painkillers no acknowledgement at all he just like tries to spur her into action Apparently, it takes three months for him to like process all of his options and then make a decision, which is in line <laughs> with him not doing anything with the skate pod in the previous scene. Yeah, he is a terrible captain. He's, he's pretty <laughs> like... bad. He's a horrible leader in general. He's not doing anything. It's very reactionary. And even then, it's slow to react. I'm sorry. I, I was <laughs> no, beside right. myself when that scene came in. I just I didn't understand how they would get that far. And how they're waiting three months and they're like, hey, we need to fix the ship. Like, yeah. (laughs) Wow. Hey, by the way. uh... (laughs) Uh, We're at 55% life support. Maybe we should do something about it. I mean, I get Richard is, is, he's having a mental breakdown and whatnot, but they don't, like up to this point, I mean, he's the captain, the person pretending to be the captain. He's had his night terrors and whatnot, and they've established that he'll eventually probably suffer from hallucinations and whatnot, especially if there's isolation involved. He's not there yet. Like, he has no other signs of mental anguish. He just doesn't do anything, which maybe that in and of itself is a sign. It's just not a very obvious one. It's more frustrating. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely an indictment of the script. Yeah. More than anything. Like, this isn't Omar Epps' fault. And a little bit of the direction with him staring at things. (laughs) So, Richard is fully shifted. Yes. He has embraced his nihilism. He's in idgaf mode. If anyone doesn't know what idgaf means, I don't give a fuck. You can find out what it means. So Jackie and John have a little meeting. She, in her drug-induced haze, explains what they could do. At this point is when he tells her that she needs to shape up. (laughs) Yeah, I know you had your three-month bender, but I kind of need you to get your shit together so we can get out of here. Like, (laughs) what? (laughs) Oh, man. The scene shifts immediately. I mean, I don't know anything about filmmaking, but... I don't know. This the pacing of this movie feels very weird. Richard and Jackie are playing go fish, and then he just goes off on this crazy rant. <laughs> and then the the scene shifts again, and then Jackie's like, "You really need to like fix him." <laughs> like what? Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know. I liked that they played go fish. I know that sounds very odd, but most other sci-fi things would have them playing some form of poker or a made-up game. But they were like, no, this is a very simple game. It doesn't take very much mental. You don't have to pay attention. Like, it's the perfect kind of just casual card game for what they're doing. I thought it was a good choice. Why weren't they playing Pizak? What the fuck? Oh, man. Do you know what Pizak is? Please tell me you uh, know what Pizak is. Just, let's carry on. Carry on. <laughs> Triple Triad? No? Triple tri- uh, Pokemon? Yes, I'm, I'm aware. I'm aware. We're moving on. We're moving on. <laughs> John confronts Richard about his behavior, and he fully admits that he is full-on hallucinating. He is no longer suitable to be a doctor of any kind, unless it's a doctor of happy-go-fun times. We also don't know, like, has he been doing any drugs? Besides nicotine? Copious amounts? Well, I'm just saying, like, Jackie had to get the drugs from somewhere. We've already established that there are no security measures on this space station. Well, what if Jackie rolls up on him mm. and he's like shooting up and she's like, what are you doing? He's like, hey, man, you want to get high? 
he's the supplier, you think? Yeah. He, in his oh, nihilism, man. he's like, yeah, here you go. This is what you need. Yeah, nothing matters. So Richard appears in another scene, and he's in his spacesuit. He goes outside. Still no security on going outside. We've already had an incident. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Again, John, terrible captain. He's outside, and he's going on this crazy monologue about how nothing matters. Everyone's going to die anyways. And then he notices that he is in the vast emptiness of space and has what I believe Samuel L. Jackson once said alcoholics refer to as an epiphany or a moment of clarity and then is like, no, 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 let me back in. Which they are scrambling to do the whole time. Yeah. They have some giant big arm, right? Articulate arm. Like Bob, we've seen on other I think things. what they called it. They're trying to reach out for him, you know, and he's six inches away. He doesn't make it. It's essentially what Yeah. <laughs> it just doesn't, doesn't work out for old Rich. So now we're back in the future. Yeah, back in the future. No, no copyright infringement intended. <laughs> John in the future, future John, finds another part of Pangea. It's like, Object located, station one or station, I don't remember, it's not important which one he finds. And then we shoot back to the past. We go back to the past, which is the future. Anyways, John and Jackie are talking about suicide. They get red pills. So there are also suicide pills on the <laughs> space station. I mean, I, eh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what operation are these yahoos running? Jackie starts freaking out because she sees a shuttle like floating in space, which I loved the model for this shuttle. It looked like it was made out of Legos. So uh, I, I had the same impression. I'm glad you I'm glad you said that. Very much <laughs> looked like it was made out of Legos. Can I ask how they were able to scan and see the detail of the broken pieces of Earth, but this shuttle and the emptiness of space snuck up on them? Like by the time they see it, like they physically see it. They're it's like right there. Like there are no warning right. signs on the space station, like, hey, there's something coming, we're gonna collide. That would be like a basic function. And the thing is, is like a lot of these little tiny plot holes, even the one about Mars at the very, from the very beginning, just one or two throwaway lines, you know? Maybe the the collision sensors had been damaged in the initial thing and they hadn't been able to get them back up and running on that side or something like that. And they've actually also been, you know, at any point they could have been hit and pulverized. Just something. Give me two seconds to make it slightly more believable. Yeah, something like <sighs> yeah. only the long-range scanners are working. Yeah. We won't be able to detect anything if it's like if it this appears. This size or yeah, something. Yeah. Anything. Anything. <laughs> give me give me something. Even if it made yeah. this movie 94 minutes instead of 91, I would that I would have been happy. Oh no, I mean they could have made it 80. <laughs> <laughs> could have made it 80. Don't don't give this movie more time than it fucking needs. So, John goes on board. He finds what appears to be some survivors. He's not sure if they're alive or dead, and then he gets rolled up on by a, a per, like a person walking around. At this point, we still have no idea what is going on. We don't know exactly what's going on with Earth. But in the future, Richard's talk he's talked about hallucinations, and we see that John's getting haunted. So at this point, anything could happen. These could be ghosts. Like, these could be zombies. As it turns out, they're not zombies. Something far less interesting, more survivors. I guess they're French? I assume that they're, they're French? French, yes. You would have rather have them been zombies? That's how far off this movie was? No, 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 no. I'm just saying... And you were like, I four people... I, 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 that's not interesting. I didn't know what to expect. Like, that's all I'm saying. Sure, sure. And then as it turns out, it's just more humans. I was like, eh, okay, cool. The captain describes to John what happens and just John alone. Well, all, she says she describes an event. It was her, her two crew members, and another two Americans that were on the ISS, the International Space Station, and that the two Americans died for whatever reason. They're like, well, you know, now that we're here, we can repair the shuttle. 
and we can go to Europa. And then they're like, cool. They celebrate. Yeah, they have a nice little party. Before that happens, we get a cut to John, and he sets sail for Station 2. Future John, yes. Yeah. And then the shuttle crew awakes. They start having a party. Actually, like a moment of levity. Everyone seems to be having fun. And then after the party is winding down, this is where John and Captain Diane, essentially, she describes to him what happens. We don't see it or hear it, but it, it happens off camera. Jackie has returned to her room where she gets the bad news from the computer about their life support and ration situation. She thought that they would have plenty of time, but now that since they've gone to two people to five people, their oxygen supply and rations are, dwind- are going to dwindle quicker than expected, and now they only have 28 days. So let's talk about how they had five plus years of life support for two people. Excuse me, three. they had three years for the two of them. That goes down to a month when there's five. Is there some math or science there that I'm not I don't know. really understanding i assume humans have an average oxygen consumption usage whatever so you double the number of people yeah it comes down to like a year and a half something like that maybe a little maybe one year because there's that other person in there they've already established that pangea is only three months away mm-hmm. excuse me uh, the three months from earth or what have you and it's the halfway point so i assume that they're trying to establish that it's three months to europa so there's that which i don't feel is accurate or maybe there's something going on there but then you also, how did they not know their food situation? How incompetent. Yeah. <laughs> like, we're, yeah, we have Again. plenty of food. Oh, man, we have to eat one meal a day for the next 28 days and then die of starvation. What? Yeah. That was such a yeah, huge. Again, the script fails a lot of different levels. Jesus. Maybe that's why this was a Netflix exclusive release. Oh, I shouldn't shit on Netflix. They make a lot of good stuff. <laughs> You do what you feel is best. (laughs) So Jackie's walking around the shuttle. She's being real suspicious. She confronts John. She's like, yo, we need to cut these guys loose. Let's steal their shuttle. Which I think is incredibly fucked up. And she's like, no, we just leave. We blow the station apart. We repair the shuttle. And then we make it to Europa. And John's like, no, we can't do that. He calls Diane in, and then she explains. She's trying to. She's still trying to get back to Earth at this point, is she not? You're right. I'm sorry. Let me correct myself. Yeah. So she she says we should go back to Earth now that we have a shuttle. She didn't have hope, but now she has hope. John calls Diane in, and she tells Jackie essentially what happened. Essentially, on the comms, she hears them say, "What have we done? Do not return. Go to Europa." While the Earth is violently exploding. Yeah. So, like, what happened? Like, what with the line, "What have we done?" Like, what does that mean? Look, man, they added a bit of mystery that's not worth really delving into. Yeah. Can we also <laughs> talk about the Earth is exploding. It's literally in pieces, and then they get that transmission. They're in the ISS. They're, like, right there. So besides the fact that the Earth explodes, the ISS is done. It's gone. Sure. Well, I mean, the, the shockwave hit Europa. Or not Europa. Excuse me. Pangea, if you recall. At the beginning yeah. of the movie, the ISS is done. It's gone. We'll, we'll ignore that. They somehow survived. Whatever. People get lucky. But they somehow are able to earth is able to send radio transmissions when it is already in pieces burning i don't know if you ever played uh world of warcraft <laughs> during the expansion the burning crusade planet called outland uh, no actually floating floating in space anyways <laughs> so yeah then diane and the other french crew members essentially find out from the, st- the station computer what the life expectancy is uh only 28 days this now becomes a point of tension one of these guys, Vincent, who I I saw his face and I remembered him. He's in the Avengers. He's some random cop <laughs> in the Avengers really? movie. Yeah. 
<laughs> I just I recognized this dude. And I was like, I know this guy from somewhere, but yeah, not important. Doesn't really matter. He is full blown crazy. Uh, it is revealed that he is the reason why the uh, American crew members on the ISS died, and he he kills Diane. He puts her in a Cobra clutch and just kills her on the spot. Sad. More tears. Yeah, I guess I guess the French don't care much about captaincy <laughs> as much as the Americans do. So damn French. Anyways, uh, we'll edit that out in post. No one needs to even say that. So the French crew confronts both John and Jackie, and then they find Diane's body. And at this point, all hell's broken loose. John gets stabbed by a. Okay, so question: <laughs> Why the hell is this knife on this fucking space station? Was it not like a kitchen knife of some sort? Why would they need a kitchen knife? Prepare <laughs> food or they were eat with. I'm, Was it not like a I'm steak knife of some sort? I, I, I don't know. It, it, it looked like some sort of slicing knife. I don't, I don't know enough about kitchen knives to know. But anyways, Vinnie Mac, I'm just going to call him Vinnie Mac, stabs John in the, in the gut. Again, not a very good captain, John. As soon as he realized that there was any sort of like what's it, friction between them, he should have immediately started like implementing lockdown protocols. You know what I'm saying? Like, well, I'm the captain of this space station. If you guys are going to act a fool, then I'm going to lock you in your cabins. You can't leave. Doesn't do it. Great job. <laughs> Jackie almost dies because one of the Frenchmen strangles her. And at the moment where she is about to die, he kind of just stops. And then she pulls a pipe off the ground and just straight up oh, murks yeah. this dude down. Yeah, he like, deserved it. She follows through hard. I watch most movies, excuse me, with um, subtitles on because my wife apparently is deaf. There is a subtitle that just says bones crack. <laughs> it's like, well, this, <laughs> this dude's dead. Hitting him in the head. So John finds Vincent. He's in the control room. He's going to implement the whole station breaking apart. Jackie gets on comms and she's like, what the hell's going on? They have a nice little scene where they kind of hash it out. And then Vincent backs down and then he doesn't back down. And then attacks John again. And then there's an explosion. Man, you describing this is so much more exciting <laughs> than when I watched it. Good. I have in here in my notes that nothing goes according to plan. I think I think if you were to rewrite the blurb for this movie, it'd be like 3022. Nothing goes according to plan. So <laughs> the space station separates. The explosion is fantastic. Special effects overall are solid. Yeah, I mean, for the budget, oh, yeah. like I said, because I don't know how much this movie was made for. It doesn't say on the Wikipedia page how much the money was made for. I don't have a budget. For what special effects that they used, I felt like they were pretty good. Yeah. He, like, John runs up to the airlock and he sees the other space station kind of floating away. And then Vincent appears and then he just straight up throws him out the airlock, which I thought was a fantastic scene. Because he's, he's got like shrapnel in his eye and he's injured. And he's trying to figure out what's going on. And he's like, bye. I'll see you later. It's deuces. Comms come back on. Jackie's on the other station. They communicate for a little bit. He's like, "My the shuttle's damaged. I can't come get you. And then the comms go out. And then years pass. And this is where we are now in future John. Future John and present John are now the same person. Yeah. we Our timelines have finally converged. He has apparently spent... I think it turns out because they, what is it? So it was 2091 when they start. Mm -hmm. This is a 10 year thing. Now he's on, he's on day 3022. 
which as, using my quick maths as here, captain is not even the full 10 years that they were supposed to be on the yeah. ship. Eight years, 8.27 years, yeah. essentially. Eight years and like three and a half months, something like that. Yeah. He aged pretty quick. I guess all that stress. I don't know what he's stressed well, you, about. You, you, you say he ages. He <laughs> aged. They gave him gray hair, which he spends the rest <laughs> of the movie with no hair. So it's not. It was a horrible he's way a of showing him. Aging. Yeah. I mean, IRL Omar, he's only 46. So, I mean, I can't say much. I <laughs> can't say anything about people having gray hair. He's he's spent this entire time repairing the shuttle and scanning for the other space station. So, I guess he was just waiting for the station yeah. to orbit. The half of the other space station. Like, because there was the two space, two pieces, just the other right. half of Pangea. Which, I mean,. I don't necessarily know if like the writer of this movie was trying to make some weird analog to the fact that Pangea was, you know, a supercontinent that got broken up mm. and, you know, humanity or all the animals spread. I don't know. Maybe there's some sort of symbolism there. It didn't come across. That's all I'm saying. He like has prepared to find essentially the other station. He finds it. He cleans up. Yeah. He's, he's gonna, he's hoping to see Jackie. So he's like, I guess I'll shave. Yeah. <laughs> he's the captain, man. He's, he's gotta, gotta look, look good. The part. Yeah. He records his final log, and that's where we get the title of the movie, 3022. Which I had forgotten at this point. <laughs> at this point, he says that, and I said, wait a minute, isn't that... Wait a second. No, it, that is the name of the movie. All right. <laughs> he boards the shuttle, he flies over, and then gets out? I don't, <laughs> I don't understand, whatever. But before he actually leaves, he has like one final hallucination where all the other uh, the crew members who he believes are dead... The ones that he cares about, he doesn't care about the French people because they don't show up. They confront him and, you know, he essentially beats them back. Like he overcomes his hallucination. Now, I don't know anything about hallucinations, but I think once you start having them, it's pretty difficult for them to stop without any sort of medication. Yeah. He's a poster child for just, just chin up. It'll be okay. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. Thanks. I'm, I'm cured. <laughs> he finds the second station. There's no lights on. He boards the station. There's still no lights on. In his final message to Jackie, he tells her, go into the pantry and turn the light on and I'll find you. He finds a room with a light on and he's like, oh shit. He finds Jackie and a plant. Uh, uh, yeah, we totally didn't even mention the plant. Like four times in this movie, there's a shot of a plant and nothing is ever spoken about it. It just exists. Yeah, like most plants, really. She looks at him. He looks at her, and they both share some tears, and then the movie ends. Is it trying to be a love story at this point? I don't think so. I think, because there's no secret ending. Like, there's no after the credits, during the credits, anything. It just, the movie just ends. I think what this movie tries to do is tell a story that doesn't have a point. Like, if that makes any sense. There's lots of dramas or love stories or what have you that have a disaster happen in the middle or as a catalyst or what have you. I mean, obviously, I mean, the biggest one would be what? Like the, the Titanic, right? Sure. And so I feel like this movie was trying to be a character drama with a sci-fi setting. And then also a disaster happens. They all have to, to figure out. But I have also already said that maybe they were trying to be a Lost in Space clone. So like I said, I don't think they just, I don't think they know. Like, I think you could take the four different plot lines in this movie and make four different movies and you would never know that they were supposed to be related. Does that make sense? Yeah. This movie, it had vibes. Mm -hmm. What's that damn movie? Hold on a second. Jennifer Lawrence, Chris Pratt. Passengers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
That's one of the worst movies I've ever seen. I just want to say that I out loud. I enjoyed it. We can, we, we can talk about shut, that later. Shut up. <laughs> I just want to get that on wax. Whoever decided to make Passengers, you're an idiot. <laughs> I, I got some vibes from that. Sure, sure. I could see that. But I don't necessarily think that this is like, I don't think they're trying to tell a love story. No, because they're not romantic in any way. So Yeah. But it ends, but I'm just saying, because it ends with them finding each other. And being happy about it, and it's it's unclear if it's because of the, it's the two of them, or it's because they're seeing another person for the first time in years. I just wasn't sure what to get from it. I got that this was a movie about survival, which is another reason why I think they probably didn't want to do it on Mars because they didn't want to fly too close to Mars. That's what I'm saying. Mm. Like the Martian should have just had Mars explode too. That would have been perfect. Exactly with Matt Damon on it for lots of reasons. <laughs> I I just think this this movie tries to tell a story about survival and the the relationships and how humans interact in a survival scenario because you have this in all sorts of post apocalyptic movies like The Walking Dead is a perfect example. There's this massive zombie infestation outbreak and instead of humanity coming together to combat the problem, they splinter into all these different groups. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Where people take advantage of each other and murder and kill, steal, whatever, right? I think that's what this movie tried to do, is it tried to tell a story about surviving in a survival event, and it just didn't do a very good job. <laughs> like, it spectacularly failed. And I kind of feel like there wasn't any point to it. It ended, and it was like, okay. Yeah, like, great, they found each other. What happens next? Why couldn't... I don't know. Like, I just, I don't, I just don't feel like there was any sort of resolution. I felt this movie left me empty. Well, you can't have resolution without conflicts, and, and I disagree. I, I get what you're saying it could have been trying to do, and I've, been, I've tried to come up with a few things that it was trying to do, but then, then it didn't do anything. Right. There was no real conflict, so there is no resolution. There is no end to the story because there was no real beginning to the story. Or if there was with the montages at the beginning, they quickly moved away from it. I actually have a theory. Are you ready for this theory? Uh, uh, do I have a choice? Yes. Uh, and by yes, I mean no. He actually does not find Jackie. Mm. He actually never leaves the station mm. because the shuttle doesn't work and he's hallucinating. Mm. He shaves and he gets ready and then he's confronted by those hallucinations and he doesn't actually break free from them. Mm. He just goes psychotic and he never actually leaves. That's my theory. That's a horrible theory. I'm just saying, like, oh, this is a horrible movie, so what are you going to fucking sue me over that? <laughs> it, it just, it doesn't fit the rest of the movie, but at the same time, lots of the movie doesn't fit the rest of the movie, so <laughs> you're right. It definitely yeah. could be. Definitely could be. Yeah. So overall, I mean, we just broke down the plot. Whatever, we broke down what you would call the plot. I think we've beat to death that the captain is a horrible captain. Absolutely bad. Character doesn't have any sort of leadership capability, doesn't seem to be able to make decisions, doesn't let precedent with disaster uh, inform him in any way. And he also gets a surprising lack of, like, we, we see Jackie hang out being depressed, and we see the, uh, the doctor, uh, I've already forgotten his name, we see him going through his crap. And I think we don't ever see the captain beyond when he's trying to interact with those other characters, except for some of the, the flash forwards or what have you. And we're supposed to, like, see the movie through his point of view, but his point of view is is just so reactionary. There's nothing like you, there's nothing to connect to. He's an empty yeah. shell of a person, and not in a interesting way. 
I guess his suffering all takes place like in the future, like the flash forwards. Yeah. Where he's dealing with his guilt. Like that's his punishment is being stuck on a space station for three and a half years alone due to his failures. But they don't address that because it doesn't fucking say anything. No. The flash forwards, there's nothing until he says that last log where he drops the name of the movie and it moves on. Yeah. How hard would it have been to replace a scene of him trying to fix something on the shuttle or trying to fix the shuttle instead of him like him sitting down, staring at a picture of the crew, crying and apologizing? Like, Mm -hmm. why couldn't we have one of those scenes? Like, this is this guy's punishment. This is his torment, is his failures as a captain. But we don't get that. All we get is him. Pushing forward. Yeah. yeah. So he's he's the stoic, proud captain that spectacularly failed at his job. So yeah. for some reason he gets that. Well, they establish that every character, every me, yeah, every character, every crew member on that station, none of them were qualified for what they were doing. Maybe iCarly was qualified. She wasn't around yeah. long enough to prove that she was incompetent. Unless she was playing soccer, like mm-hmm. in the hallway. <laughs> I don't even know what her job was. She was like, the she was the tech person. She did like no. the computers and stuff. No, what's-her-face was the engineer. Right. Yeah, mechanical engineering and computer engineering are two different things. It it literally says, young astronaut Lisa Brown. Like, it doesn't say what she does. Jackie mentions it. John asks her if we can do anything about the computers, and Jackie says, well, that was her job. Oh, I guess I didn't catch that part. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Which is the only thing that establishes that stuff is wrong that they can't figure out. Mm. But they never harp on it again. We're just supposed to assume. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. And she, just a horrible character, just un- unrelatable, decides to become a drug addict. <laughs> and maybe she was prescribed it. You're right. Maybe there was an enabler there going on. But she, we've, already, we've established that she left her life on Earth to spend 10 years out in space with her boyfriend, leaving her young daughter, which I know lots of parents do that all the time for work, but 10 years is a long time. To be like, I'll see you when you're a teenager, you know? <laughs> and I get, and then, and then she's immediately filled with regret and wants to get back there once the, when she realizes that, oh, I might not be able to see her again. But they never really talk about it being regret. It's just, a, I got to get to my daughter, which is a, it's just such a uncomplicated motivation in a movie that, that lacks, it's just out of place. Yeah, no, I agree. We're talking about mental illness, and let's talk about what led her to leave her kid behind to begin with. Because it obviously <laughs> wasn't just the thought of being in space. It's 10 years. It's a long time. There's got to be some other... Maybe she doesn't have custody, or there's got to be other things going well, on. And there's so much. I mean, we, I'm going to bring it up again. We're talking about the movie The Martian. Yeah, please keep doing it. The pilot. I don't know the guy's name, and I apologize for not knowing what his name is. Ant-Man. I know him mostly from Ant-Man. Let's look at his name. Michael Pena. He's the pilot in the movie The Martian, and they they spend years in space, right? Right. He gets back to Earth after they successfully rescue Matt Damon, and then in the end sequence of everyone like moving on with their life, he is back in the space. He's back in the space shuttle, taking off again. So maybe she loves her job so much that she wanted to be something. Uh, I mean, there could be all sorts of motivation. Like Let's see she wants to be great. The point she wants to be a part of something greater than herself. But they never expand sure. on that. That's the point, is we just yeah. came up with like five different motivation pieces for her. Character motivation. But they didn't do any of those. Or something we couldn't yeah. think of off the top of our head. Like we're try- like, I feel like I'm trying to rationalize and fix the movie when it's just not <laughs> worth rationalizing or fixing. That's fair. The, the most interesting character in the movie is the French captain. Diane, yeah. Yeah, she actually 
throws some captain's things out. <laughs> she does some stuff. Yeah. And uh, she gets uh, She gets to killed. watch the Earth explode. You know, <laughs> yeah, that's cool. And she, that's unique. And then she dies trying to be a captain. Yeah. She goes down with the uh, the position. It's, she's the best character in the movie. There's yeah. seven characters. Uh, she pulls it off. So. Uh, overall, I think, do not recommend. Yeah, do not watch this movie. There are plenty of other B-movie, sci-fi movies that deserve to be watched. This is not one of them. Yeah, and and if you are going to watch this movie... I mean, watch it for the sole purpose of making fun of it. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm not going to say that this is on the same level as The Room, which no. is, I don't know if you've ever seen The Room, but no, a, a movie not. that people love to hate watch or love to watch because it's such a beautiful disaster. This movie is just so, at the end, it's just boring. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's it's not even bad enough to be entertaining. It's It's just boring. I guess Richard was right in that nothing matters. The same thing with this fucking movie. Yeah, at the end, at the end of the day, <laughs> the doctor who commits suicide by shoving himself off into space ended up being the the right one. Perfect. All right. Well, that was thirty twenty two or three zero two two or three thousand twenty two. However, we're gonna call this movie. Any closing thoughts? Anything you want to add? I think I've said enough. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think I started by saying this was bad, and I, I don't. I think ending that way, this was pretty bad. I think that's good. So this is our first episode. Let's move on from this shite movie. <laughs> there is another movie that I'm kind of interested in. Is it The Martian? No. Because you've mentioned that like 15 times. No, that movie's been debated. Code 8. It's got Robbie and Stephen Amell in it. They're both in it? Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's another uh, Netflix film, correct? Uh, it is another Netflix uh, film. Some superhero stuff going on. We don't have yeah. enough of that. The blurb is, in a city where superpowered people are ostracized, an earnest day laborer considers using his outlawed abilities for money to save his sick mother. Okay. Are we just going to go through Netflix films? Maybe. I mean, why not? Yeah. <laughs> why not? I mean, I don't even know who... I know who Stephen Amell is. I didn't, I guess I don't know who Robbie Amell is. His little brother. He's done some other things. Yeah, but I just don't... What's he been in? The Flash. He's... Oh, I've never watched The Flash. Well, the, one, the, the other one's Green Arrow, and then yeah, he's, the other, his brother was in The Flash. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. We can do Code 8. That'd be great. I'd, I'd also just like to kind of follow up on, on director John Suits. <laughs> part of me. Okay. Okay. The part of me on. that hates myself. <laughs> I, I, seeing as IMDb, he has two or three other movies that he's directed and or produced <laughs> that may... Better, All worse, right. and I think thirty twenty two sets a good baseline for movies. I think that from here on out, I'm going to tell you whether or not the movie was better than thirty twenty two or worse than thirty twenty two. It's the scale. That's our. <laughs> that's my rating scale, moving yeah. forward. So thirty twenty two is the worst. So it's the so so that's like one. So what's ten on this scale? I haven't seen it yet. Oh, okay, oh no, no. I'm just saying, just for the movies we've seen, just the movies we've reviewed. Yeah. Okay. The problem with 3022, and the reason I think I hate it so much, is that the actors try, the sets make are good, the special effects are gr- are good, all for the budget. It's not AAA, but like it's all solid, but it just doesn't accomplish anything. Um, it reminds mm-hmm. me a lot of my own failures in life, and I think that's why I hate it so much. <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> Pandemic is Pandemic on Netflix. Pandemic was also written by the same guy, so if we pull that one off, that would be fantastic. It is on Amazon Prime. It has two stars at 124 reviews, and IMDb has given it a 4.4. What did IMDb give 3022? Uh, I don't think you want to know, man. Uh, 4.5. <laughs> and this one has a what on, on IMDb? 4.4? Yeah. 
Ooh, slightly worse. <laughs> the only the only amount of slightly that you could have. The smallest amount of slightly. Perfect. Is that what you want to do? Do you want to just go through this dude's filmography as a director and just, just shit all through the movies that he's made? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then oh, they'll dude. all be compared to this one. That is yeah. That is the way to do. I think that's a fantastic idea. All right. Let's oh no, this is what we can do. Let's go in descending order. So we'll start with 3022, and then we'll do pandemic, and then we'll do the scribbler, and then we'll do second take. We're doing like we'll do... from his newest to his oldest. Yeah, 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 yeah. His de evolution is what we're gonna watch. <laughs> Fantastic. Oh, Fantastic. I like it. Yeah, that's that's good. So. The, thanks, Mr. Suits. <laughs> we appreciate you so much. And we don't have to do all of them in a row. We can mix it up. You know, we could do Code Eight and then come back to this. Yeah, make it a running thing. We, we do whatever we want. This is our podcast. Yes, this. Yeah, this is your podcast. So, uh, yeah, that's it. That it? I think Done? so. I don't Unless have to talk about this movie ever again, except for when we have to edit this. I guess. Damn. Yeah, yeah. To listen to it. <laughs> oh man, I thought I was going to be done. Done. Well, I'm Chris. Thanks for listening. If you somehow managed to make it through this <laughs> this shitty podcast, uh, feel free to um, like and subscribe on, Ugh. I don't know, iTunes? I don't know. Give me the likes. Give me five stars. Five if, stars. Even if you don't like it, just give me five stars. You I need that money. Especially, especially give him five stars if it's a 10-star system. Just five stars. <laughs> Perfect. Look, man, I need I need independent income, and this is the way we do it. This is how you do it? <laughs> this has been... <laughs> This is Anthony, the co-host for the Sci-Fi Wise Guys. And uh, you know, it just only watch us if it shows up in recommended or something. Don't worry about following in any way. No. Follow. Like and subscribe on YouTube. Now be your own person. Don't do what he says. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks. We'll see you next time. Or you'll hear us next time. Whichever one happens first. Perfect. Bye.